Now, the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August 2nd. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, what a day. It's Friday. <laughs> we made it. Made it to the end of the week. It's just a glorious feeling. Hey, late breaking news. Did you see a friend? I, I don't know if we can say it on the record. Just send us that uh, at the Wyndham. If you make an ace on one of the part threes, you get a million you get a million Wyndham reward points. Unbelievable. <laughs> what do you what do these pro golfers do with that? I, I just don't get it because like a Wyndham is like a you're giving all these reward points to millionaires. I mean, know? this is not to make fun like not to crack on Wyndham I, at all. Like I, I love I Wyndham. Use, I use Wyndham. I got a Wyndham. But it's just like I don't know that that's a that's that's like it's like when the guy wins, I don't know. World Series MVP and again like a Trans Am or something, you know, or, or like it's just or, or do you think LeBron they could, gets they a Kia? Give, do you think they for, could give it to their caddies? Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's reallocated to other people, deferred to others. So that, that that's pretty fun. I, I enjoyed that million bonus rewards points. Uh, speaking of in Greensboro, Byunghan An is our early leader in eight under sixty two as. Uh, fellow Korean Sunjay M also in the house of the 62. There are still guys out on the course as of this recording. One shot off is Roy Sabatini. The seven under 63. He's going to be out. regretting that he switched nationalities because he's going to miss out on the president's cup. I think the president's cup is going to be regretting that he switched nationalities. Not him. I think, I think he'd want to play in that. I think, I mean, he might end up becoming the lowest ranked South African again. <laughs> He might. He legitimately might. That's a, that's something we should look at. Is like how many Presidents Cup standings points would he have right now? You know, we got to figure that out. If, seems if like a, seems like something that Sammy Bananas might have just on the tip of his finger. <laughs> not to go on, not to talk about Sabatini. We're not we're not trying to talk about him every episode. But the guy is like the most consistent player in the world. It's impossible to ignore. Anyways, he goes out in twenty twenty nine. Yeah, and no PGA Tour live coverage. If that was Cameron Champ, They'd you know, like they did over. in Detroit. Oh God, they would have been wearing, had a camera on his hat, you know, body camera. The, you know, they would have had his heart rate monitor. They would have had everything broadcast with it. They would have sprinted out to the course and set it up. But uh, Sabatini goes out in twenty nine and just plays the rest of it in obscurity. So they're going low in Greensboro. We, we expected that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always soft. It's, low low sixties, yeah. sixty-two, sixty-three. It's it's impossible to avoid rain in North Carolina in in uh, August. I think so. I, I see Patrick Rogers. This is like he's been I hurt. Saw that he's been hurt. Yeah. This is like his second start back. He's he's right there at, at seven under. Uh, Spieth is at six under, despite hitting an OB on on eighteen. He he made bogey, but uh, wow. he, he he just hits some shots that are just like completely. Like he hit like a almost semi shank on a hole earlier today. It's just like he hit, but then he played really, really well. Obviously, he's, he putted great um, as he's been doing all year. But uh, he he hit it decent for you know, given he hit one out of bounds and like shanked a ball on a par three. Uh, it looks like there are, as of this recording, at least a hundred and eight players under par. So, and might be time to switch that par to. You know, 67, 66 and, out there. And 125 at even or better. So, um, yeah, we'll be watching the Wyndham all weekend. Great event. Uh, at the British Women's British Open, we have early leader Ashley, Ashley, 
Buhai, seven under 65 at Woburn, leads Danielle Kane and Hinako Shibuno by one. Uh, I got several texts from people, not necessarily who wouldn't listen to this, just being like, what, are, what is this? What is this British Open venue? It looks like they're playing in, playing in the forest. And you, it's like this, you had told us about this on Wednesday. Yes, yeah, awful. They've hosted like <laughs> six or seven times too. But it's just yeah. like, I mean, this couldn't be more, you know, different than, than what we see year in, year out for the Open and uh, Open Championship for the men. It's, it's just like you could play this thing at Prestwick, the, you know, the site of the first Open. You could play it at North Berwick. You could play it at Royal Dornick. And you, you choose Woburn, like this course <laughs> built in the 60s, like an American Parkland-style golf course. It's just... It's it's just weird. It's just odd, like that they would. But it's gotta it's gotta have something to do. I mean, I'm sure they get a great deal on it or something, or the sponsor might want it. it it's just not a good 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 look f- for it. You know, I did I did say uh, I did see um, Bob Herrig tweeting like the RNA hasn't been fully running it. And maybe it's done in conjunction with the LPJ or something, but like RNA is now fully running this women's British Open. So it'll be probably played mostly at lengths going forward. They do like to keep it at like a Sunningdale. Um, this is all per Bob Herrig. Uh, Sunningdale and Walton Heath because they offer opportunity for more exposure, you know, being closer to metropolitan areas. But I didn't realize like it's not exclusively run by the RNA, I guess, until next year. So. Maybe more links courses in the future. I saw they, they announced uh, that they'd be going to um, Porthcrawl Pro, in uh, yeah. Wales and Troon. Oh, I didn't see the Troon. I saw the yeah. Porthcrawl. So it should nice. be. I mean, it seems like it's it's only going to get better. Hopefully, this is the last year of Woburn. <laughs> okay. Say say bye bye. <laughs> All right. Uh, Recording this early again out in California at the TPC Stonebray Ellie Mae Classic. It's Matthew Neesmith, seven under sixty-three, leads uh, Matt Atkins. Matt Atkins, I'm sorry, seven under, who's not had a great year, has had some success on the Corn Ferry Tour in the past, but not this year. And uh, Mark Hubbard, homeless hubs, and Ed also Lohr. one off. Oh yeah, Ed Lor, Todd Back Bake. You know who's in it is uh, Joe Bramlett. Oh yeah, that's my guy. Followed him at sectional. Yeah, he's he's hustling for a spot, right? Yeah, yeah. He in you know to former, get status. Former uh, All American at Stanford. Like total degenerative back issue, like a major back issue. Like couldn't play for a long time, and looks like he's twenty ninth currently in the bucket. So got to push here the last couple of weeks. Um. Those are your results, or your not results. Current leaderboard check in. Uh, let's, let's do a quick read. We got we got a big Friday. We got yeah. flashback Friday. We got an awesome interview. We decided to change it up, bring in another interview subject, get back to some of those roots. Uh, but first, it's summer Bixby man. Bixbycoffee.com. It's Friday. <laughs> a little Friday Bixby read. Uh, I'm back home from the beach in the swing of things. Ripping through at dangerous levels through through my five pound bag of dark roast beans, uh, just back on a normal schedule at home. Uh, Bixby's kind of fueling me through a, a normal work week here again. You might be on a five pound subscription though. <laughs> you know, you might be getting the five pound sent monthly. I may need a monthly. Oh my god, uh, that's scary. Uh, anyways, but. We're, the point is, we want to subscribe. I hopefully not at five pounds. Although I, I think the owners would be perfectly happy if you placed that kind of order, spent that kind of money. Uh, we want to get you guys subscribing. Everybody's talking like, yeah, we've it's- not had a bad review. Like we didn't, we tried not to partner. We're not going to partner with shitty brands or shitty people that you know will get us d- entangled in things we don't want to talk about. So we've not heard any re- bad reviews of Bixby Coffee. As far as I know. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great reviews, <laughs> even from coffee snobs, even from the snobbiest of coffee snobs. They're, they're coming back. Man, this stuff is good stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, that's that's what we, you know, so just subscribe. It's easy. Subscription is the easiest thing to do. You know, I've been the last couple of days I've been going through my QuickBooks like, 
you know, re-upping. Uh-oh. And if I was thinking, I was thinking like, man, if I had just done this every week, like a subscription, yeah, you know, I just yeah. stuck to it. I wouldn't be just sitting here doing all this stuff from March. So we have still the promo codes in effect for subscribing uh, to your coffee delivery. Come, You can set the intervals monthly, you know, every other week, every couple of weeks, whatever. Set the interval, set the amount, set the kind, you know, beans, pods, uh, K-cups, ground, whatever you want. The bags, of course. But the, the codes are still Bixby Boys. Get you 50% off your first order when you subscribe. And Coffee Golf which gets you a free t-shirt that's otherwise normally $30. You just got to tell them your size and color. So Coffee Golf gets you a free t-shirt when you subscribe. Uh, and there's also that drawing for someone to have a day at Bel Air, play golf at Bel Air. And the Bean Factory. And the Bean Factory. Don't a day in LA. That. Maybe we'll make an appearance too. Well, you guys set the date. You, you set it up with the uh, owners and uh, when, when you get out to Bel Air. And maybe we'll come. Maybe we'll join. Uh, if it works. So again, that's BixbyCoffee.com. Subscribe. Summer of Bixby. Uh, we're in the last month of the summer of Bixby. So subscribe. All right. Can we get Flashback Friday before we get to our interview? Should we do that? Yeah, that sounds like a, a good uh, good call. I think that that's a, that's a good schedule. I, <laughs> what do you re- have for us? I'd be, re- I'd, I'd be remiss, though, if I, I didn't mention that Wolfie is at five under. He's right in the mix. You know, good to you hear. got Matt Wolf there and then uh, Morikawa, another good round. It's Maybe they'll get up under. the rookie rankings this year, this week. You know, I I, I would hope Sung J.M., if he finishes second, would be at the top. and He's fourth, fourth That's in the true. rookie rankings. He's projected right now to be in the top 10 in the Wyndham Rewards. Wins matter, man. What if he's Wyndham. in the top 10 of the Wyndham Rewards and, and he doesn't win <laughs> rookie of the year? Wins matter. <laughs> wins matter on the rookie rankings you gotta win you gotta win events that's so. all that matters <laughs> all right what do we have are you taking us down to memory lane in greensboro yeah what are we greensboro looking at we're, right. we're in greensboro <laughs> all right. we're going back to 2010 okay do you have any clue who won in 2010 oh man no i'm gonna say davis love but i know it's not that arjun atwal Oh, Monday qualifier? Monday qualifier. He was he was the first Monday qualifier to win on tour since right. Fred Wadsworth won at the 1986 Southern Open. That's right. So Arjun Atwal tops David Toms by one shot. He birdies the 14th and 16th coming in. He, he was a wire-to-wire winner this week. So, you oh. know, and he also won his Monday Q. Of course, sure. It's just, just a hot week. <laughs> yeah, it just never stopped. One thing that of interest I found is on the 18th hole, he hit it uh, by a CBS tower. Okay. And he was in this that- just like brutal, like kind of like unplayable lie. But he had a stance got him a free drop. Oh, interesting. Or, getting, is this uh, early... Early pre-Twitter era backboarding? What is this? Well, it, Twitter era was uh, did exist here because Tiger actually tweeted at him. By a year, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, he got up and down for par. Uh, wins, the, wins the tournament. Became the first Indian-born player to win on tour. Um, Atwal. Uh, so Fred Wadsworth was the last Monday qualifier to win. Ironically enough, Kenny Knox also in 1986 won his Monday qualifier or Monday Q to win a tournament also that year. Interesting. And in 1983, the Monday rule that we have now came about where there's only like four or five players. Um, was it before? It was a lot bigger number. Okay. Um, like a lot of a field was made up of Monday qualifiers. Got it. Now Corey Connors obviously accomplished this feat. He's the yeah. the you know the only other player to accomplish this feat since Atwal at uh, this year's Valero. That's so right. Atwal's win, however, did not make him eligible for the playoffs. Why? Different, they was a different it, they point system. T- they tweaked the rule or something because they said he wasn't a member. So he was playing um, on a medical extension through um the RBC Canadian Open that year. He got 
He injured both of his shoulders in from from a weightlifting accident. Both of them. Both. Hey, you know, I was wondering what? what what happened. Hanging out with Tiger too much, aren't they boys? Weren't they buddies? Yeah, Tiger. So so he was overdid it on the weights. Yeah, most known for being friends with Tiger. Um, he also had like a street racing accident that you know somebody was killed in, but he was absolved of all oh, the things. That was his other other known thing for um so uh you know that's an interesting other known things for tiger and street racing yeah two two things he's famous for and winning winning the windham um so he told i I, this is a quote after i told my caddy we've got nothing to lose this week just go out there and try and win it guys are going to be out there trying to secure their fedex cup spots or whatever we've got nothing I don't have a card. I don't have anything. Just go out there and be long. <laughs> and that's what I did this week. So, that's amazing. So uh, only one guy moved into the top 125. Okay. Scott Piercy. Oh, he's still, he hasn't quit golf yet. I figured <laughs> if he's I... making it in 2010, he'd be out by now. <laughs> But, so, all right. You know who number 126 was? And this is more of the flashback Friday. This is this is what oh, we God. what we no. pulled out of Twitter. Who? Jeff Quinney. <laughs> That's a name. That's a blast from Vast. All right. What do you so, have on Jeff Quinney? The 2000 amateur champion, US what amateur the, champion. Yes. He beat James Driscoll in from uh at Baltusrol. All right. All right. Um, Quinny was three down with three to play at that USAM and came back and won 39 holes. He made a 30 foot birdie putt to win. So he's a three time all American at ASU. Um, in that USAM, I found this interesting. So in the round of 16, he beat Ben Curtis In the round of eight, he beat Hunter Mahan. Wow. And then in the round of uh, the in the semis, he beat a forty-eight-year-old, David Eager. Whoa, that's an odd progression from to going from those, you know, pros to. Well, this is this used to be a thing in USAMs. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like I was uh, say. Tiger beat Buddy Marucci. You know, right? Um, it's a mix of like mix of guys, not all just yeah. college kids. Or yeah. that doesn't really happen anymore. No, no, <laughs> no, no runs by forty-eight-year-olds anymore. <laughs> no, no. Um, so he's a three-time All-American. Uh, you know, he wins the USAM. He's he's the next big thing. You know, right? Obviously. So Quinny, uh, you know, he also like shot the lowest score ever at ASU. That tying or he tied Phil Mickelson. And then had a bunch of, you know, he, his career at ASU had a lot of, like, you know, he was like the next, you know, he was supposed to be great. So he turned pro in 2001. He didn't make it to the PGA Tour until 2007. Wow. Um, so. He, it looks like he has, I see a nationwide win in 2004. Yeah. He, and two Canadian Tour wins in 2002. That's all I see. Yeah. So. So 2007, 2008 were his best years. He ranked 41st and 25th in the FedEx Cup those years. Um, he uh, he first year of the FedEx Cup, right? Yeah, seven. Yeah, that's the first year. So uh, in in badly in 2007, <laughs> trailed Quinny by three shots at the FBR Open. He birdied, oh. the, birdied three shots with four holes to go. Birdies, uh, 15, 16, and 17. Quinny wow. led, led, but he bogeyed the final two holes. Okay. So he didn't lose. And <laughs> it, it was the third straight tournament that he led or shared the lead in the last round. Oh, man. On a, on a heater, but not converting. Yeah. So you're saying. So he okay. got off to, this was at the beginning of his, his career on the PGA right. Tour. Great start. Um, he finished third at the 2008 players, probably his best finish ever, and sixth at the 2007 players. He's he's the TPC Sawgrass assassin. I was going to say, yeah. Um, and then he suffered a herniated disc in 2009. 
Jeez. So that was a big, uh, big blow. But, you know, I also found in 2009, he signed a sponsorship deal with Nick Kent Golf. Oh. <laughs> that was 2009? That's yeah. as recent? Like, I figured that was like 1999. Who's playing Nick Kent Golf in 2009? <laughs> Maybe they showed him some good money. Opened up the, backed up the Brinks truck as the cliche goes. Uh, that's amazing. Nick Ent. I didn't even know that was rounded that recently. So I found this great, uh, (laughs) this great Jerry Fultz article on golf channel. Yeah. He, of him just hanging at the bar at the Greensboro. It was like a block and it was just a bunch of quotes from players. It was, that's kind of cool. Oh yeah. It's a great article. So I, I enjoyed reading it. So, so, (laughs) So uh, uh, Quinny comes up after you know just fin- missing missing out on one one sh- uh, one one spot out of the FedEx this Cup. This is 2010. He's 126 in the FedEx Cup. And uh, <laughs> Fultz says, "What happened to you?" Because <laughs> he sees like a, a mostly healed strawberry on the right cheek of his face. Oh. A little worse for the wear. He said, I slipped in the pool. So he, he showed his left forearm completely full of like scrapes. Oh my. So he must have fallen like in a pool like at the beginning of the week. <laughs> like the prior to the round, prior to coming 126. <laughs> yeah. So he, pool, so, pool issue. So he, so he then asked, How did you do? And he goes, 126 by two points. Scott Piercy beat me out of the playoffs by two points. Or one shot. One shot today. Or one shot yesterday. Or one shot anywhere else in the entire year. Oh, shit. That is a tough way to think about it. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah, it's awful. So then he goes on. He's like, he goes, oh, great. Now I'm getting sympathy texts. How do I respond to those? (laughs) This is a Jerry Fultz article? Yeah, it's it's incredible. Jeff Quinney's stream of consciousness just put put on paper. I love it. Okay. So so then John Malinger comes walking yeah. into the bar, looking and it, it, it's literally this is the text. John Malinger came walking in, also looking worse for the wear after a long <laughs> week. <laughs> yes, I like Jerry Fultz writing style. That's amazing. <laughs> we knew that he had played well in the final round. But we, as we watched Arjun trying to uh, come down the stretch, we really never paid attention to the bubble of the top 125 in the FedEx point. Uh, yeah, Somebody asked how it ended up for John, and he responded, if David Toms doesn't make a 30-footer on 18, I'm in. Oh, jeez. Well, that's what birdie, we get this week, too. Tom's birdie putt broke a log jam at the at T-second. That included him. So his tie for third bumped him from being in the top 125. A 30-footer. Oh, God. This is what we get this time of year. This kind of shuffles on the random whims and putts that you never expect to go in. So So anyways, then uh, so Q School, Quinny goes back. He misses Q School by a shot. Like getting his full status back. Yep. Yep. Played 14 times in 2016. But I then was looking at 2010 Q School grads. I'm just going to give you a few. You know who the medalist was? 2010 Q School? Sabatine? I don't know who. Billy Mayfair. (laughs) Oh my God. No cameras around. I wonder how much he was, yeah. he was cheating there. Uh, what kind of ball marking practices he's got going on? <laughs> Q school. All right. Uh, we got some other names here. He, Bill- he did he did it to three feet and have a two footer for birdie, you know? So all right. We got uh Dirt Bill McGirt. William sure. William McGirt. Uh yep. no four yelling Kyle Stanley. <laughs> okay. Gary Woodland. All right, Scott sure. Scott Stallings, Shaggy Kang. He was playing back then. Wow, James Driscoll, who Quinny okay. beat in the, the U.S. Sam. Wow, Billy Horschel, and uh, Joe Bramlett. Wow, wow. I was wondering why you brought up Bramlett earlier. Okay, 
So Quinny, ties it all together. Quinny misses by a point, by a shot, getting his being in the top one twenty five in twenty ten. Right. He misses Q school by a shot, and then he uh, he never gets his status back. I was going to say, did we hear from him again? Ever. He's not like that old. I see he's forty. Just turned forty. So he made seventy five cuts on his career. Do you know what that number means? Uh, not nothing to JJ Henry. I know that. The exact number needed to qualify for the PGA Tour pension program. Oh. So while well, he was really, nice. really unlucky in some vein, quite lucky in that vein. Right on the number. Jeez. So that's he, a big big deal. So he do, he works in commercial real estate now in Arizona. Okay. He's made he made over five million dollars on the PGA Tour alone. So in his career, not to not not adding any you know web or I see you know, total five point seven five five career. So that may may be the web. So he so. Uh, he actually recently applied for his amateur status. This is all from a Kevin Casey Golf Week article on. Uh, yep. He applied for his amateur status back. Okay. And he was told by the USGA that he would be getting it back in 2021. Mm. 75. He's going to play against him in the mid-am. He's getting paid pension money by the PGA Tour. And he's getting reinstated as an amateur. (laughs) What a joke. You make a good point. That That is actually a very salient point. That is, that is, seems quite against the the vein of the uh, amateur. And we'll see what uh, if Quinny holds true to his word. He said in the Casey article, he doesn't seek to return to big-time amateur events. His uh, reinstatement okay. is mostly to avoid complications when trying to play member guests and invitationals. So All right. beware, All right. beware of Jeff Quinny at member guests and <laughs> invitationals. <laughs> Instead... You know, where he'll probably be playing for different kind of money, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's your Flashback Friday. I love Jeff it. Quinney. Great Flashback Friday ending with the reinstated AM while collecting the PGA Tour pension. That's amazing. That's quite a conflict, it feels like. But good flashback. Love that. The winding road from Arjun Atwal hurting his shoulders, <laughs> lifting weights to Jeff Quinney's. You never, you never know when you, what where it's going to go when you dive into a year. Jeff Quinney getting injured in the pool. I, didn't, I, I did get a word that they do not stay at a Wyndham. It's like some grand over resort or something. <laughs> According to most couple. How is that not people. in the contract? <laughs> Maybe there's not a suitable one in the area. So, all right. Should we get to this interview? We don't really we we do not have time for fan vote Friday Junior. We actually put up a poll. Maybe we'll dive into it for Monday though. Does that sound good? Sounds like We're a plan. People interested in Johnny Lyris and others. So, all right, let's get to this interview with John Oran of the Sports Business Journal. If you're not familiar with him, he's like one of the most well-renowned sports business reporters. Like he's plugged in, connected with everywhere, talking to all these executives talking to executives at the PGA Tour. And uh, he was gracious enough to join us. I thought thought this was a good one, right? Diving into different... It was like real quick primer, right? On a topic that maybe you didn't expect. We now welcome in John Aranda, the media reporter for Sports Business Journal, who had some multiple reports out in the past week on the PGA Tour making moves with its uh, renegotiating its upcoming rights deals. Uh, John, first of all, thanks for joining us here on the Shotgun Start. How did you pronounce my name correctly? I'm I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> That's usually where one of my biggest failings here. Um, you nailed it. Congrats. <laughs> right. Appreciate it. So thank you for joining us. I, I guess you know our, our audience is probably pretty you know up to speed on, on a lot of the golf uh, constant daily, weekly PGA Tour happenings. But I don't know if they understand all, a lot of the background on what's going on here with the renegotiation or negotiations uh, of the PGA Tours media rights. Can you kind of, what the current deals, like the current partners we know are CBS, NBC Golf Channel. Why is this, and this runs through 2021, why are we doing this now? Why are we doing this at the end of summer or the end of 2019? Um, that's a great question. So if, you're, if you ask the PGA Tour, they're going to talk about the, their desire to actually own part of a, 
Golf Channel because they they take a look at Comcast and and the way Comcast has built the Golf Channel to where it's like a multi billion dollar enterprise on the back of their programming and and they think that they should have some sort of piece of that so if they want to start their own channel if they let's say leave Golf Channel which is a possibility and start their own channel they would need a, a probably a two year runway to to get that done so they want to start start it a little bit earlier but the the pe- people that, I, that I've talked to is the, uh, the NFL right now is sitting at 2021-2022, and it's the biggest, most powerful league in the, in the um, United States, and their rights are about to come up, and they're going to get billions upon billions of dollars. And so right now, the PGA Tour also wants to get ahead of, of the uh, NFL deal because after the NFL deal, all the networks are going to feel poor, and it's going to be harder for them to make a deal. But right now, every right now, the, the market is really robust, and they and they want to take advantage of it. And so, it's, it's part of it is timing, and part of it is is you know, if they do decide to to move forward, they have a lot more leverage now, saying like, well, we have two years to start a channel. So, th- th- those are sort of the two reasons that I'm stuck on. John, uh, with with the current landscape, with obviously we've got the cord cutting and then also the emergence of all these digital players, can you give us a little bit of a, a, you know, you talked about the market being robust. Can you give us a little background on what's going on with sports media and sports media rights right now? Well, yeah, so every, everybody's uh, taking a look at big tech and waiting for them to come in. And everybody's been talking about, you know, wondering when, Google or Facebook or Netflix are, are going to really step in and do it. You know, talking to the PGA Tour, the only big tech company that's really making a play right now appears to be Amazon. But you, you really, it's like selling a house. It's, you really only need one extra bidder in, in order to, to bid everything up. Um, but the what, what's interesting about about the, the golf beat right now is that, you know, they've been on, the, the PGA Tour has been on golf channels since uh, 2007. It's been on CBS since the 1970s, I think. It's been on NBC forever. You know, they they haven't really changed partners um, uh, a, a ton. All of a sudden now, though, you have ESPN, which is uh, wants to get reengaged into golf. You have Warner Media, which is you know Turner, uh, TBS, TNT, and those channels that uh, that really want to get are making a really big push to get to get engaged with golf. Uh, you have Fox, which has the U.S. Open, which is a little bit tepid. I'm not sure if they really want to increase their, their golf holdings, but there, there are some packages that they could carve out where it would make a lot of sense for, for Fox as well. So forgetting about digital media and the big tech companies, which is what everybody's been pointing to as, as the way to really increase rights fees, you're seeing a ton of competition among just traditional television players, which is kind of interesting to me. How I mean, you you kind of explained. It seems like a really astute move to be doing this right now, based on what you said in terms of the current market and the NFL coming down the line. Is this common to see this so early and, and be this aggressive this early on with with this much term left on the current deal? And are you based on your reporting? I mean, you're plugged in everywhere. Are you pretty confident this is going to be done by the end of this year? Um, yeah, I am confident it'll get done by the end of this year. I mean, I, the, the PGA Tour said, set that as a deadline, and I think they want to do it. Uh, this is really unusual. I, I, I can't tell you how surprised I am that they're as aggressive as they are in terms of wanting to get it done two years ahead of time. So let's say, let's, for the, uh, uh, let's postulate that they leave uh, Golf Channel and NBC and end up going to Warner Media and, and you know, giving a, a – uh, um, Fox. Um, all of a sudden, you have two years, two full seasons with NBC and Golf Channel is like a lame duck. I right. mean, how how much how much do you think they're going to really add to the production or really invest in in what in what they're doing? So it's a, uh, I mean, it, to, to me, them going this early suggests that uh, Golf Channel, NBC, and CBS remain sort of the front runners uh, to to renew. But uh, but really, I mean, money talks. Anything anything can happen. I'm, I'm, it, the, the, the whole timing is very, is very surprising, though. You're right. So, do you think this is a, a big leverage play? I know that, like you mentioned early on, like the the having their own channel or ownership in a channel. Do you think this is a big leverage play against the golf channel? 
Uh, oh, uh, w- without question. I mean, they, uh, and what I've been told is that NBC has been, you know, offering a ownership stake in Golf Channel to the PGA Tour as a, as a way to sort of uh, get around that. Warner Media has told the PGA Tour that they'd be willing to flip one of their channels, most likely like Headline News, maybe True TV, into a golf-focused channel, and and, uh, and uh, the PGA Tour would end up with a you know a piece of that as well. So it, it isn't like starting a channel from scratch, but it is. Uh, I, I can tell you, it, this is the way that the NFL looked at Fox for a long time and ESPN for a long time. The NFL always believed that they are the reason that Fox became successful and that they are the, they are the reason that the ESPN grew like they did because it was on the backs of the NFL programming. Right. I think the PGA tour has a leg- legitimate case of pointing to the golf channel and seeing just how big the golf channel has grown and how, how big of a business it is right now for Comcast and, and NBC sports. And just saying like, boy, you, you just built a billion dollar enterprise off our backs, um, like using our programming you know, we, we need to get a part of that. So with with other sports leagues, I, I'm curious, you, you brought up the NFL, Fox and, and ESPN is, you know, how we saw a lot of leagues, you know, whether it's college conferences create these channels um, or leagues like how in general have, you know, league run channels done in, in golf in, in sports media? And, yeah. Are those successful from a business perspective? I think the the it was like the hot thing to do. I have those all, is that just a no brainer still just make your own channel or in this instance, it seems like it might be, it could be in conjunction with golf channel. Yeah, it's been a no brainer for a couple of decades. It's becoming a, what's the opposite of a no brainer, a, a less brainer. <laughs> uh, now just, you know, you mentioned early on about cord cutting and, and, and cord cutting, if you, if you look at the distribution, uh, you know, the number of homes that all these channels are in, you know, everybody's losing a, a lot of subscribers right now uh, at, at the, in terms of the cable channels. Uh, ESPN is, you know, FS1 is, but NBA TV is losing a ton. Uh, NFL Network has been losing a lot. Um, the, the, these league-owned channels are losing, seem to be losing a lot more than than um, traditional channels. And I think it's just because they're more expensive and they're just so focused on one sport they're they're kind of viewed almost as as niche channels so it's a, I, I think it's still a good enterprise i mean there's a reason why espn right now is is a a month away less than a month away from launching the acc network you know a, a network with the, the um another college conference so it still is a it still is a really good business it's uh just it's kind of less of a good business now just kind of seeing how everything is uh is moving forward uh is there an appetite on both sides, maybe PGA Tour? So the PGA Tour doesn't have own and operate the rights for any of the majors, the four biggest events in the sport. Um, those are all individual deals. Do you think there's an appetite on their side and also probably on the media side to chop this up into a bunch of different pieces, like a, a separate players deal, which I think may already be the case, a FedEx Cup deal to one partner and... and or is there trying to really kind of house this under just a couple umbrellas? Uh, you can. The, there are two schools of thought, and and uh, one is that you know if you look at the, again, I keep bringing up the NFL because the, the, they're so popular in in, in terms of uh, TV. They're on all the major networks, and they can say like, look, we have these huge media companies from Disney to Fox to Comcast, NBC all marketing us and marketing our product. And, and they think that's better than just having, you know, one network doing that. Uh, the NHL right now is just with NBC and it feels like, you know, if, uh, when it's rights come up, if it goes to, you know, let's say ESPN, then all of a sudden you have ESPN and Disney marketing the sport better than just N- just NBC by, by itself. The other side of the coin is if, if you put it all under one umbrella, you just get a lot more money. People pay these networks pay for that exclusivity. And, uh, and if, if, um, right now, if I use the NHL as an example, NBC loves the NHL and markets the NHL. If they have to share the NHL, they're not going to market it as, as, as hard as, as they would if, as if it's a, their own property. Um, so there, there are two schools of thought. Uh, I, my sense is that, uh, the PGA tour likes ha- likes having, 
at least two different or three different um, uh, network partners, um, and I, I would expect that to continue going forward. But um, I, you know, I have no—they haven't even started the bidding process yet, so I don't know what's what's on offer or, or how they're they're going to be uh, how they're going to be doing that. Yeah, that makes that makes a ton of sense uh, with the you know different the pros and cons. Uh, I, obviously, you know, the most interesting player in this would probably be Amazon. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, what a Amazon model might look like and, and what would the pros and cons be of, of going to Amazon for the PGA Tour? Uh, the, cons, the cons are pretty simple. I mean, broadcast television reaches the most people. And, it's, it, it, and if you want to grow the game, you want to be on a platform that that uh, that reaches the most people. Uh, it's as simple as that. What Amazon brings that that is, is really unique, and also like something like ESPN Plus, you know, the streaming service that ESPN has, is you uh, the PJ Tour is imagining different packages that you could buy. So like you know like uh, you know Brooks Kepka, if you just want to watch him, you could pay like I just want to see every shot of his. You know, and you'll, I'll pay ten bucks, you know, a month, and and no, no matter where he is in the tournament, I'll just be able to watch him. Or, you know, the various you can you can do do a lot more interactivity, and you can do a lot more in terms of packaging things and possibly making money uh, on, on a digital service like like Amazon. So, it, it, obviously, they're you know they had the digital they have the digital rights deal with uh, Discovery and Golf TV for international. Um, does that relationship play a role in any of this? Is that, you know, say something like Amazon, which has, you know, a international presence, would they, you know, be affected there? No, this, this is only for U S rights. And in fact, you know, the, the, uh, discovery, as you know, is a, a huge U S company as well. And they, they've pretty much told the PJ tour, they're not interested in getting involved with the U S market. They view the U S market as a really mature market. So the, the which means, these rights prices are much higher than they would be over in um, over in Europe or other other international markets. But uh, but the PJ Tour is trying to get them more involved so that they could get something here. But uh, but right now the, the discovery has been uh, been lagging back in terms of that. Why why is Warner interested here? You talked about them flipping one of their channel, channels, um, and I guess does it get does it get sticky? A lot of these executives are big time golf guys. I mean, Randall Stevenson's on the PGA Tour policy board. Brian Roberts is obviously like a a keen golfer and a very influential Augusta National member. Like, does it get sticky with all these guys sitting on a lot of different golf boards and then also going and negotiating against each other? And I guess that's two questions in one on Warner. Yeah, yeah. And go ahead. That's something I can never get my head around because it, it, it like I just uh, imagine these guys as the top business executives in the sports world, and sometimes they just do play to their passions. I mean, you just mentioned Brian Roberts and and, Rand, uh, and Randall Stevenson. Uh, I I'll use ESPN as an example. They used to love golf. They used to have a lot of golf on on uh, and uh, over there. Then John Skipper came in, and John Skipper was more about uh, he was the president of ESPN, and he was more interested in soccer and he was more interested in basketball and he was not interested at all in golf. And so then golf went away Well, John Skipper has left and they have a new person there, which is uh, Jimmy Bataro. And they have, um, you know, Bob Iger has an interest in golf and all of a sudden ESPN is back at the table now uh, t- t- taking a look at things. So it, it, I, I'm consistently surprised at, uh, at executives, personal preferences and how that plays into so- how some of these deals are made. Yeah. I, I think it seems like this is going to be a longer term deal and, and, and Tiger is probably not a calculation. It's, it's, I think it's interesting. I'm sure in other sports you have brands and, and, and teams like a Lakers or a Packers or Cowboys that, that draw bigger numbers, but Tiger, there are really two kinds of events, ones with Tiger, ones without. And so with the PGA tour, it has so much tonnage here. We've got the, the senior tour and the, corn ferry tour and obviously you have pga tour almost every week of the year for four days all running all day is what what value is placed upon ratings versus tonnage for for the pga tour yeah i asked that exact question to uh to the pga tour and they said that anybody that's involved with golf meaning nbc cbs uh and and, and golf channel 
they don't ask about Tiger. They know Tiger sort of toward the end, and they're really energized by a lot of the young blood that that that's coming. And and they think that you know, if Tiger does well, it was described as icing on the cake if he does well for like two or three years. Um, but but basically, this is this is a deal that's being made to, uh, for historical ratings of reasons. I mean, the PGA Tour is it, it brings in a really good affluent audience. It's a little bit older than uh, than uh, television necessarily likes, but it's a really affluent audience, and they have a a, a lot of advertisers that want that want to reach them. And it's uh, like you said, the whole tonnage of what they bring. I mean, there there is there is so much content. They, they in fact they talked a little bit about exploring uh, a second channel, a second golf channel, just with, with all the different content, which I think means that they they'll have you know a digital channel or something that that would be online but it's a t- tiger tiger is not going to really play any kind of part in in this and uh, and the the pga tour my read of the situation is the pga tour is is really uh sitting pretty right now regardless of whether tiger plays in a, another tournament or not that that's a question i had you know i was reading uh one of your pieces on sports business journal and uh i was curious you you alluded to the two channel thing and I, I mean, what's the value of Corn Ferry, the Corn Ferry Tour, and, and the Champions Tour? I mean, I, is as people that cover the sport day in day out, you know, <clears throat> I don't, I, you know, there, it, it seems to me that the the mass golf fan is very there's very little interest outside of the top twenty players in the game. Yeah, I I, I think that you know that when uh. The PJ Tour mentioned the second channel. I, I didn't. I didn't take it as a linear channel because I don't think that there's a, a wide audience for for that kind of content. But if you're talking about a, you know, a, something in digital, and again, like we were talking about with Amazon with the different packages, and you know, uh, the, the, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those golfers on the Corn Ferry Tour, if, if they could bring in like 500 subscribers to 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 to, uh, to to watch it, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, they all live in neighborhoods, they all went to colleges, and you know, maybe they have that sort of fan base that, that would that would come in and watch him, um, and and just sort of having that available may create not a huge revenue line, but a revenue line that they they haven't seen before. We've seen, uh, I mean, golf channels. I think they. Uh... Like you mentioned, Golf Channel certainly is, has been expanded with the, since they added PGA Tour rights. We've seen them kind of put in or try to put in buffer zones, whether it's deals with the R&A or college golf. I, I think they, they bought the World Lawn Drive. There's these non-PGA Tour properties they've kind of beefed up on. But do you get the sense that, you know, obviously if they were to lose PGA Tour rights, that would be a, a pretty significant blow. Do you get the sense from your reporting that that the tour is happy with their current partners or, or dissatisfied in any way? You know, you mentioned they go back with CBS to 1970. No, I they, uh, they feel the PJ Tour feels NBC in particular. Actually, I, not over CBS. Both NBC and CBS uh, produce their matches really just uh, perfectly. Like they, they're really happy with the way that that, that they're produced. Uh, what they're unhappy with is. Golf Channel prints money, and and they're not really seeing reaping reaping as much of that as as, as they should, um, as as they feel that they should. Uh, but but it, they're they're plenty happy with the, with the the way they're being covered by both those networks. And uh, like like I said, if I if I were laying a bet down, I would bet that they're going to re up with those two. But you know, money talks, and Warner Warner Media is a big company, and Disney's a big company, and Amazon is like. Deeper pockets and then all of them combined. So it's uh, it, you know it, it'll be interesting to see how this this plays out. Obviously, John, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Really appreciate the time. You know you're an authority in this space, certainly not just with golf, with all sports media. So we really appreciate you taking the time with us. Hey, I got to give a quick shout out. You, you guys are superstars to our uh, office at Sports <laughs> Business Daily. Josh Carpenter, Thomas Leary. I know they're listening to the very end here. So I had to give. All right. I don't know if that's a black mark against Josh and Thomas or what. It is. It definitely is. <laughs> All right, John. Thanks so much. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. All right. Thanks again to John for the time. Uh, we don't have a lot of news, right? All we have is this Thunder Bear issue. We got Thorpe Yarn Olsen. Just 
I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I've been a big Thorbjorn backer, but I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to sell my uh my my lots on on Thorbjorn Island after, you know, he just seems sounds like he just had a few too many to drink. Yeah, enjoyed his time in Memphis, but like, I I think like we're making light a little bit about taking a whiz in the aisle of the plane. Like, there's a lot of Sex- jokes about that. Sexually assaulting. Yeah, we're kind of missing the, the lead there to make jokes. I see a lot of jokes like. He was arrested for sexual assault, groping a woman. So not a lot of jokes that you should be making, in my opinion. So yeah, tough, tough times. You know, he might have been drinking, celebrating getting out of Memphis. <laughs> Great. Now you're gonna have those people mad again. Uh, so not not a pleasant story at all. I mean, do you have any terrible uh, experiences traveling with or being on a plane with? severely intoxicated people you see it every now and then but like i have nothing that was nothing nothing like that so people yelling at flight attendants like you hear stories about it but i've never been involved in one or never heard of a pga tour how about ian poulter being the voice of reason it's a a crazy world when he's the voice of reason (laughs) the only only bad uh experiences i have were self-induced where i've just been horribly (laughs) hung over flying back from new orleans one time I took a three-stop flight out of New Orleans that left at 6 a.m., so I just stayed oh out. I mean, this is when I was like 23 years yeah. old. Yeah. And it was maybe the worst, worst That's flight of my life. horrible. I mean, I got yeah. the flight for like $50 looking back. Sure, they sh- sure. They should have paid sure. me to fly it. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a couple out there that have not been pleasant experiences. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on Thunder Bear? Very... Uh, you can't be, you know, sexual assault. Not okay, Thunder Bear. <laughs> Not good. Need to, need to go away for a while. I think that's, um, uh, that's all I got. Okay. I don't have any other news. No other real big news. We will uh, maybe bump fan vote Friday to Monday. Thanks again to John for the time. We'll probably be checking in with him or his colleagues as this becomes like a major story really in the, over the last like five months. Of, yeah. Five it's months. been a big day of recording too. We got a, we got an interview on the hopper for for next oh, week. Yeah. A big interview, whole, um, whole special episode, almost. a completely brilliant interview. Yeah. Just total howitzer of an interview, real fun time. So, all right, everyone enjoy your Fridays, enjoy your weekends. We will check in with you on Monday when it's a uh, season of championships resume FedEx cup, baby. Oh, so God. Uh, get out of here. <laughs> enjoy enjoy the weekend. You, are you pushing the p- propaganda message? <laughs> I might be going up to it, actually. Assume you're going to be a BMW, right? I'm going to go to big BMW. We're going to patro- patronize this FedEx Cup, it looks like. First two weeks. So, all right. Everyone enjoy your weekends. Talk to you on Monday.